waiting and pondering and waiting and listening and hearing, the Lord just said, why Palm Sunday? I said, okay, why Palm Sunday? So for weeks we've been discussing getting back to the basics, um, having faith to receive. Last week we were talking about the fig tree, how Jesus cursed the fig tree. Not only did he curse the fig tree, but in Mark 11, 24, it says, so I went, this is, I'm going to start with this and then we're going to get into why, why um, Palm Sunday. Mark 11:24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Yeah. Mark 11:14 says, and Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Forever. And that is where he left us off last week, talking about no things to produce in your life, things that you need to curse that they will not be produced in your life again forever. Stopping things that are happening and not only stopping it, but say forever. You will not produce in my life anymore. Forever forever. So going back to the basics, we're going to discuss why Palm Sunday. And I, 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 I'm, th- I'm 63 years old, so I probably have heard, at least to my understanding, at least 59 yeah. Palm Sunday messages. You know, and so, you know, we hear about the, the triumphant entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem and yeah riding on a donkey and all that. And I've heard that. I, I, I'd say I really probably understand it for 59 of the years that I've been on this earth. I probably heard it those other years, just didn't know what the Samuel I was listening to. But 59 of those years, I do know, I do remember what they said about Palm Sunday. So when you, when you hear something, you get familiar with something, you kind of just shrug it off and say, oh, I heard that before. I know about that, you know. So I... Um, wanted to talk to you about that. It says, because if Jesus didn't have his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, there would not have been a resurrection for, sun, for Resurrection Sunday. So the question is, why Palm Sunday? We had to have Palm Sunday to get to Resurrection Sunday. So um, this event was so important that all four of the Gospels talked about this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Matthew 21, 1 through 11 is the one we're going to read, but Mark 11, 1 through 11, Luke 19, 28 to 40, John 12, 12 and 19, all of them talked about this triumphant uh, entry into Jerusalem. So we don't want to just shrug it off. We want to hear what the Spirit is saying, you know, to what, you know, all what Jesus did, you know, and after you read about the triumphant entry, you'll find out the, the, the two things, the next two things that Jesus did was cleansing out the temple and cursing that fig tree. So here we're back again to the same message, what Jesus did. So let's go to, with, with me to Matthew 21, and we're going to start at verse 1. And read it. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, 
Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey. I don't like saying that word. I'm, even though I'm 63 years old, I still have a problem saying that, that word. Okay. Uh, you find tied and with a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting on a donkey, and a colt, and the fold of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put them, put them their clothes, and then set, un, set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread the garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed Christ, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. So my question to you again, why Palm Sunday? So Jesus told the disciples what to do, to go in the village, and, and you see, you're going to see a donkey and a baby. Bring them to me. If anybody say anything to you, you tell them I need it. Yes. And, and, and you just come on with me. So um, all this was done to fulfill a prophecy. Yes. Zechariah 9, 9 and 10, go with me there. It talks about the same thing. Just, we're just going to reiterate what we read. Okay. Zechariah 9, 10. I guess I should have had this marked. So we'll start with 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey, and upon a colt in the foal of the donkey. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen, and his, dom his dominion shall be from sea to sea, from the rivers even to the ends of the earth. So this is, this is Zechariah talking about Jesus coming, and he's letting them, letting them know his reign will be from sea to sea, from one end of the earth to the other. Wow. Jesus will be known. He's coming. He'll be bringing, speaking peace. Yes. And the Amplified, verse 10 in the Amplified side, and I will cut off and exterminate the war chariots from Ephraim and, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bows shall be cut off, and he shall speak the word of peace, shall come to the nations, and the dominion shall be from the Mediterranean Sea to any other sea, from the river Euphrates to the ends of the earth. Wow. The ends of the earth. That's amazing. So, Getting back to this donkey that we've heard so much about, and everything that God does, everything that he does has a purpose. That's right. And the, the fact, as we read the story, how Jesus came in and they were throwing out their clothes and throwing out the, the, the branches and everything, 
You say, why did that happen? What's so, just why did Jesus do that? And why was it so important that all four of the Gospels talked about it? But here in Genesis 49, 10, and 11, we got to read that. Let's go there. This, there is a definite, the, the, you know, people say, well, what's the method to the madness? There's no madness with the Lord, but it's a method to everything that he does. So Genesis 49 and 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his colt, his donkey's coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of the grapes. The Amplified Intent says, the scepter of leadership shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh, the Messiah, the peaceful one, come to whom it belongs, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Here in Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, yeah. it's talking about right here what Jesus is going to do. Right. Talking about the cult talking about his leadership, that he's going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords yes. in the beginning of the Bible. So you say, well, why, why, what, what is that cult? Why is it so important? Because God put it in place in Genesis. Wow. He started making plans for us to be redeemed back to himself in the beginning. Yes. He said he's going to come and he's going to rule from, and reign. He will be royalty. You know, the royalty, they, they, they dress in the royal rich color. He said it's going to be, he's going to have red robe, royal robe, royalty. And he's going to reign from end to end. Yes. From sea, as our, one of our songs say, to shining sea. Yes. That our Lord Jesus is reigning. So there's a reason why the Lord, why Jesus had to come in on that coat, why he rode in. And you know, the, 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 um, the scripture saying there would be peace, he's coming to bring peace from nation yes. to nation, yes. from shore to shore, which means everywhere. He is King of Kings, That's he right. is Lord of Lords, he is our peace. Yes. Hallelujah, thank you. So, you know, this choice of the donkey was not nilly, willy nilly, but Jesus, from the beginning of time, had, was already knew, yes. already knew what he had to do. So um, everything that, that as, as Jesus came in, all the things that were done that were based on scriptures that had already previously been spoken of. Hallelujah. So we want to be able to do that. And so we know the only recording of Jesus riding a donkey was this time. Every other time in the Bible we hear about Jesus, what is he doing? He walked from place to place, no matter how many miles it was, how many days it took him to get there, yeah. he walked. So he saved that donkey ride, that, one, that main ride was for his triumphant entry yeah. as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. So we know when God has a plan for our lives, He's already predestined it. He's already looked down the corridors of time and placed everything in place that needs to be for you. Our job, is, as Minister Mogi said this morning, is to obtain, to maintain what God has already obtained, all the things that he's already laid out for us. Our job is to do the maintaining. 
Hallelujah. So Jesus riding on a donkey meant different things to different people. And when I was studying this, I was amazed about this. You know, when the Roman soldier saw Jesus coming into the city riding on, on a donkey, they saw him as a ruling, a, as a, when a general in the, in the Roman times, when a general has fought a battle, yeah. won the victory, he comes in town riding on a donkey, yeah. which tells them, I am your conquering hero. I have conquered whatever the situation is, yeah. so you can now give me all the accolades. You give me all the praise yeah. because I have done what I set out to do. Yeah. So the Romans saw that and saw Jesus. As, well, he's coming in as their conquering hero, yeah. as their king. Yeah. You know, at, even down to Pilate was saying, are you the king of the Jews? Yeah. I mean, you entered into the town, you know. And one commentator said it was three million people crying out unto Jesus on that day. Hosanna, Hosanna, save now. Over three million people. I mean, can you imagine a crowd? Now, and when we go back through the history with Jesus, whenever he healed somebody, whenever he prayed for them, he said, don't tell nobody. You go home. Keep it to yourself. Don't broadcast it. Don't go on Twitter. Don't tweet this. Don't go on Facebook. Don't Snapchat. Don't do anything. You go home, tell your family, show your family what I've done, but keep it to yourself. But this time was different. He came in as a conquering hero. He wanted everybody to see. And see, now that's not Jesus normally, but they had to see him as the king of kings coming into town. And the Jews, when the Jews saw him, they said, hey, here is Jesus. He's going to fight these Romans now. He's going to tear them up. He is our leader. I'm excited. I mean, three million people, you know, in an uproar because they say Jesus is coming to fight the Romans for us. He is going to be our leader and we're going to destroy the Romans. So that's what they saw. The high priest and the Sanhedrin and all those others saw something else. What they saw when Jesus came into town, they didn't like it. They said, why? These people are crying out. They're crying out unto Jesus. They're calling out, save now. Hosanna, blessed be the king of, you know, the Lord. You are our God. We bless your name. I mean, they were just having fits. And the Jewish leaders were saying, nah, we're not liking this, boys. We got to find something. We got to do something with this situation. He's coming in riding triumphantly. Everybody knew him. Say, who is this Jesus? Don't you know who he is? The son of David. Jesus. He's coming to redeem us. He's coming to be our leader, to fight our battles for us. So they were excited. But the Sanhedrin and and all those fellas, the boys, the high priests and everything, said, no, we, we have to do something about that. But that day, Jesus silenced everybody. They all had to praise and glorify Jesus. Because they said, well, we, we, we can't do an uproar right now because all these people, these three million people crying out for you there. And, and yeah. he silenced his enemies on that day. Yes, he, did. he had the whole day to himself to reign as king. As much and as angry as they were at yes. Jesus, they couldn't say anything right. or else be, be killed that day. Is that, those people, they, they, they were ready for war. And anyone talked against Jesus, well, you know, you on your way out. 
So the different people saw that donkey ride as different things. But Jesus, it was a fulfillment of a prophecy. He had to come in riding on that horse, on that donkey. Because from Genesis, it was already predestined. Zachariah cried out about it. So he had to come in that way. So a king has, has a, the, um, the choice to choose his mode of transportation. So Jesus telling the disciples, now this is how I'm coming into town. Y'all go get that donkey, get his pole, and y'all bring it to me. He is king. King of king and lord of lords. So he had the, the authority to choose how. He could have, he as he walked everywhere else, he could have walked very well into Jerusalem. You know, they say, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. He could have walked in, but it wouldn't have fulfilled the prophecy. It wouldn't have done how God had already planned. From the foundation of the earth, he said, I got to fulfill this prophecy. He said, my mode of transportation, just like they did in Genesis, we're going to ride in style, boys. They had to do what he said. Now, in 2 Kings 9 through 12, Jehu uh, was enthroned as a king. And when a king is enthroned, they begin to lay down their garments before them. It's almost like what we now do today is the red carpet. When somebody famous comes along, they roll out the red carpet. Well, back in the Bible days, the king, they threw out their clothes. And he he didn't walk on pure ground. He walked on their clothes. So Jesus was enthroned that day. You say, well, why did they have to throw their clothes? They had to. That's right. They didn't even realize what they were doing. Uh-huh. But they had to throw their clothes out so the donkey could walk on their clothes. Right. And the trees and the palms were spread out because royalty was coming. It was predestined. They, they had to do it. Even though they didn't understand and didn't know exactly what they were doing, they had to do it. Say, why Palm Sunday? Because God had already predestined to bring us back to him to bring us back into the fold, to bring us back into right standing, yeah. started, I, I, I tell you, I was just so, I said, in, Gen- in Genesis, he started preparing, All right. lining everything up. So thousands upon thousands of years after the beginning of time, Jesus would walk, would ride into Jerusalem yeah. on, that, on that donkey. I said, Lord, you're so good. Amen. He is so good. Yes. So the, the, the uh, the Jewish leaders were saying, who does he think he is? Does he think he's our king? He's come riding here on a donkey. He think he's our king? They said, not, not, not living. Not living. But because of who Jesus was, it had to be. Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed. Hosanna. Christ the Messiah, save now. So they were excited that Jesus was coming, and they were screaming to the top of their lungs, save now, Jesus, save now. Take care of these Romans, destroy them. They've, they've beaten us down. They've been so bad to us. Lord, you right now, do it now, Lord. Save us now. We want you to come into this in, into, in Jerusalem and just wreak havoc over these Roman soldiers and do it now, Lord. You know, it's this now generation. But the Lord said, no. He came in peace, came in a peaceful Jesus. So then, you know, the the people looking at this is, well, that's not kind of what we expected. 
You know, we came, we thought you'd come in here destroying the place because you are our risen king. You're going to bring us back, you know, give us back the authority and the power that we had before these Roman soldiers came in and took everything from us. Yes. So they begin to pull away as the, as the week progressed, to pull away from Jesus. Yes. As in on Palm Sunday, they were saying, Hosanna, yes. save us now. So the next Sunday, yeah. or the end of the week, crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Because Jesus didn't do what they thought he was going to do. He didn't do what they expected him to do. They wanted him to go in and tear up everything. Say, well, you, you, you do all the destroying there, but don't mess with us. Right. Don't mess with our religious traditions. Don't mess with the things that we want to do. Don't, don't, don't come in here talking about salvation and, and living holy and, and serving the Lord. We, we, you just take care of the Roman soldiers. Leave, our, leave us with all our little pigs. Leave us with all our little sins. All the things that we want to do, don't, don't, bother, those, don't bother those areas. That's not, Jesus, what we want you to deal with. We want you to deal with the Roman soldiers. Save now. You help us now. Do it now, Lord. But he wanted them, what they wanted was wealth, success, and happiness. But Jesus wanted obedience, commitment, and devotion. That's not what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to do what they wanted him to do, but they wouldn't do what the Lord wanted them to do. That same crowd hollering Hosanna, same crowd crying out, crucify me. And that's the way we are in, in the world today. People, you know, they say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a politically correct Christian. I, I know of Jesus. I know of God. That's all, they fall in that category of saints, oh God. Because they don't know the Lord. They don't want to live holy. They want to edit God. They want to say, well, God, I will live this way, but not that way. I'll use this part of the scripture, but the other part I'm just going to put aside. So I'm just going to edit, you know, how you write in the paper and you edit, you cut things out. Well, people try to edit God, but we can't pick and choose the scriptures we're going to live by. Right. It's all holy unto us that so we need to walk by and live by. So, you know, people say, well, look, I'm mad at God, I'm angry at God. And, you know, a lot of times there's crisis in our life. And yesterday we were at a funeral and just listen to what was coming across the pulpit you know, it, it, it grieved me. I just, I really, I felt like jumping up, snatching the mic out of that bishop's hand and telling him, you sit down and let me tell the story. Yes. See, that would be out of order. And I knew that would be out of order. But the lives that they were affecting yes. with the lies that they were telling. Yeah. They blamed God yes. for the death of that young lady. But according to the scriptures, he says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. The Lord says, look, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If there's killing, stealing, or destroying, he said, that's not me. That's the devil. He said, but I come to give you life. But God got blamed for that child going to be with the Lord early on yesterday. But that's not me. And it grieved my spirit to hear. And the lives that will be affected by that life, they're going to have to be held accountable for the lives that are destroyed. Because I know when, my, when, my, when our dad died, yeah. They were in the pulpit said, God took your father. Yeah. I said, if he took my father, I'll never serve him. That's right. And I left the church yeah. Yeah. for a year. I didn't want to do any, have anything to do with the church. Right. If God did that, 
I'm not going to serve him. And how many people do you know today yeah. got that over their head? Yeah. If God killed my mother, God killed my father, God killed my child, I'm not going to serve how, how do you How do you put those two together? God killed your person, but come on in and give him praise. Come on and give him glory because he killed them. Does that compute? No. I mean, in the, in the normal mindset, that does not compute. God does not. He said, I am not in the killing, stealing, and destroying. That's if right. that's happening in your life, it's because of the devil. Right. Satan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You have the life. The power of life is in your tongue. Yeah. It's his word. It's the word of God. No, I don't know why that child died, but I do know, one, God didn't do it, and two, he did accept her home. And when the Lord talked to me, and he told me, Dora, I did not kill your father, but I did accept him home when he came. When the Lord spoke that to my spirit, that's when it all broke in my heart. And then I realized that God loved me, and that God didn't do it. But for a year, I was angry at God because the preacher told me God did this. And they're telling people all over the world, God's doing this. God's not doing it. He gave this world over to men, to the children of men. We have the power to decide. Our lifestyles, what we do, how all of those areas play effect into what happened. But God got blamed. But he said, I've come that you may have life. So we have to stop editing God and putting in the words that we want to put in as opposed to putting in the word of God and saying this is the will of God. The will of God yesterday was for us to praise him. The will of God was not for that child to die. That was not his will. But he said in all things my will, praise me. I'll bring you out. I'll sustain you. I'll strengthen you. Whatever you need, praise me in this. You praise me because my will is to praise so I can get involved in your yes. situation, so I can deliver you. So they need to stop editing God. Stop editing God. Hallelujah. But Jesus came to die. He was born to die. He knew where he was going to die. That's what his job was. The disciples said, no, Lord, no, we don't want you to die. And he said, well, I rebuke you. and Get behind me, Satan. Because he knew if he didn't die, there was no Palm Sunday. There would be no resurrection. There would be no raising of Jesus from the dead. There would be no remission of sin because he had to shed his blood for us. So why Palm Sunday? Because he loved us. Why do we, we celebrate Palm Sunday and then Easter? Because if there was no Palm Sunday, there would be no resurrection. But he loved us. God loved us enough to send his son. Jesus loved us enough to be obedient unto the Father and to go to the cross, to be scourged, to be crucified, to go into hell and beat Satan and, and take all the keys from Satan and then to rise victorious. Why Palm Sunday? Because he is our King of Kings. He is our Lord of Lords. He loves us unconditionally and our job is to love him back. Why Palm Sunday? Because he is Lord. That's right. He loves you. Oh, He's yeah. with you. He's for you. Yes. He's not against you. Whatever it is, the situation you're facing, say Palm Sunday came because Resurrection Sunday was coming. I knew Resurrection was coming. So whatever the Lord has for you, whatever he wants, Palm Sunday because of you, yes. because of me, yes. because he loved me, because of the generations to come. That's right. 
we had to have Palm Sunday. So our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, from sea to sea, he shall be praised. He shall reign, hallelujah, and rising up victorious, triumphant, as our Lord, as our Savior, as our Deliverer, as our Healer, as our Keeper. Hallelujah. Everything that we need from the Lord. Why Palm Sunday? Because of you. Because of me. Because he loved us. So we, you know, we want to not be like the people who say, well, Lord Jesus, you just killed them and let us keep our stuff. No. We want to get rid of all the filthy habits, anything that's pulling us back, anything that's drawing us out away from the love of God. Yes. We want that cleansed. That's right. We want Jesus to be king and king, yes, yes, king and yes. king of, of all, of every area of our life. Lord, cleanse me. Yes. Forgive me. Pull me out of whatever that I'm doing that is not pleasing in your sight. Yes. Why Palm Sunday? Because I can run to the Father, yes. cry out unto him, and know he's faithful and just yes, to forgive me of all my sins, yes. cleanse me of all unrighteousness, the sin of omission, the sin of commission, whatever it is, Lord, forgive me. Yes. Why Palm Sunday? Because of you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.